0: Hockey season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving you players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. They aren't lying. It's millions of dollars. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total
1: prizes when you use the code THPN to sign up. And playing daily fantasy hockey is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweats like <sighs> never before. I'm feeling it. I'm, I, feeling, I'm it. feeling it later tonight. I got to play hockey, so I'm going to get the too. But every goal, hit, assist, it means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all of the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now.
0: So download the DraftKings app now, whether you have iPhone or an Android device, whatever, you can get it. I think you probably even get it on your desktop as well. And use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only On DraftKings, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
2: I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink when along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me. He said, I bet you never like the blues until they won a cup. So I calmly turned to him and said, hey, man, listen up. I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize, but listen, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all I knew, man, that team from old St. Louis, man, got a cup in here, 52, man, give me a let's go blues. I know Oshie, Bacchus, Berglund, J-Bo, Perron, Petro, Steiner, Allen, Tarasenko, Gunnarsson, Bennington, Edmunds, Shen, Stastny, Elliott, Fabry, Shatton, Kirk, O'Reilly, Schwartz, Reeves, Yarrow, Barber, Sheporenko, Dunn, Bruner, Brunner, Cole, Koliakobo. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. A team from Old Zayn man. Got a cup of year, 52, man. So gimme a we went blue. <laughs> And now the starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast:
0: Tom Franklin and the Man Called Wayne. And Blues fan reacts. Hello, and welcome to Blue Notes, located on the best city on Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. We've still got that Stanley Cup power, and we're too sweet to be sour. And if you're still clueless, we are talking about St. Louis. This is your home for the absolutely most bipolar blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast <laughs> Network. I am your host, Tom Franklin, tougher than steak at a strip club, and
1: I am joined by, of course, my uh, my buddy Wags. How's it going, bud? Oh, it, it's going great. I, I have not gotten my strip club steak in a while, so uh, yeah. let me know how it is. In a while? So so you do admit you, you've you been to one? No, no never, okay. there we never go. have. Never no. have. Okay,
0: gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that, that's fair, that's fair. And then, of course, uh, our our uh, reactionary hero, Blues fan reacts, Mason. How's it going, bud? Uh, not too shabby, not especially after the last couple games. I haven't been too bad. Not Maybe too yesterday bad. Was a little, li- yesterday was a little frustrating, but. I'm
3: yeah. Bad. 4-0-1, I'm happy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what? I can't complain too much about that. We got, five, we got points in each game uh, we played in the last five. So, you know what? Given given the state of this team, you know, just a few weeks ago, we'll take it. We will absolutely oh, yeah. take it. And, of course, a lot of that charge is being led by, um, well, he doesn't have the number on the sleeves here. But this is a Ryan O'Reilly St. Paddy's Day jersey from last year, customized by uh, Libby out in Chesterfield. They are the official stitcher of the St. Louis Blues. They are not paying for this. In fact, I paid them a ton of money to get this done. So, but uh, definitely, if you're looking for, you know, to customize your jersey Check out Levy. They are excellent. Of course, uh, shout out to uh, Center Ice Brewery as well. Um, you know, drinking my old arena lager right here. And of course, uh, we are uh, watching to see where the Blues end up in the standings because you all uh, submitted your uh, um, picks as to how many points the Blues uh, will finish at this year. And uh, we uh, are uh, coming down to the wire here. So and, and I think it's I think we pretty much have bracketed the low end, high end of the points for the Blues so far. So there will be a winner. Uh, I assure you, uh, thanks to our friends from Center Ice Brewery, they will be donating a $25 uh, gift certificate to the winner. And of course, DraftKings as well. Thank them for keeping us on the air here and talking blues hockey with you. All right. So first things first, guys, the Blues are back. The Blues are absolutely back. You know, we when we last joined you, of course, I was out on the lake, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. my uh, Verizon decided I can only have about forty minutes with you before cutting me off. But uh, we were talking about how Ryan O'Reilly. I mentioned him not just because of the jersey, but because he was the spark that kind of fueled this run that the Blues are in. He was upset going down to nothing uh, two Saturdays ago against Colorado. puts the team on his back and shows this team how winning is done, how good performing is done. That is what a captain does. And guess what? The Blues have four wins out of five and an overtime loss in their last five against Colorado and against Minnesota, two teams that have already clinched playoff spots, but they clinched playoff spots because they're freaking good. So, uh, of course, the Blues, not only did they beat Colorado in, in their games, they manhandled them. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, they 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 weren't really very close at all, and uh, the Blues played well against the Wild, except for the third period, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit, admittedly, during the game last night. I suggested, can we play the Wild in the first round somehow? Because you know we we seem to do pretty well against them, and then they came back and. I, yeah, I feel shame. I feel a lot of shame. It's your so fault we lost. Thanks. It, it is. It is so. The old uh, good
3: old Tom Franklin jinx strikes. You
0: yes, in. I know, I know, I know. I'm drinking my sorrows away as we speak. So, <laughs> uh, so just guys, first things first. Just you know, you're I mean, is is the feeling back with the blues that hey, this is a good team that might make some noise in the playoffs? Let's go to you, Wags.
1: Uh, not yet. Uh, I definitely think they are playing well above what they were doing earlier in this season yes they they manhandled Colorado but we have to remember they were going up against Devin Dubnik who recently has not played well against the Blues uh Philip Grubauer is now back uh after taking a stint on the COVID list and we'll see how that plays out with Colorado it, it could be good it could be bad we've seen guys that have come back from COVID have a good week or two and then kind of shut down essentially so Colorado is probably looking at going a little afraid going into the play- playoffs that Devin Dubnick may-, may be their starter. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to take solace in the fact that they they did beat a really talented Colorado team in two games and, and really thoroughly outplayed them in mm. those two games. So I'm happy about that. Does, definitely makes me think 2019 all over again. Yeah, And then they did the same sort of thing to Minnesota. I mean, they, they dominated them for stretches at the a time. They got back to their game, but then they did some stupid shit. And <laughs> somehow blew two games and gave Minnesota three points that they really probably didn't deserve, and really could have closed the gap on that third place spot. I'm not saying that they were going to overtake Minnesota for third at all, but going into it, you had a shot to really close the gap and maybe put some pressure on Minnesota, mm-hmm. and they didn't. They they let the they you know they took the foot off the gas, and for some reason, they continued to throw Zach Sanford out there in the closing minutes of, of the game to allow them to score goals, but I'm still, I'm, I'm trending in the more positive direction. Jordan Bennington looks vintage 2019. He's been playing out of his mind right now. Ryan O'Reilly has put this team on his back. Justin Falk is playing well. Vince Dunn has been gone. Thank you very much. And (laughs) Colton Pareko is back as well. And that's a big, big piece because you've got that guy in the lineup somewhat healthy, kind of back to playing his game and solidifying that back end. So I'm trending in that positive direction, but I'm not there yet. If they can clean up their iffy period, whether it's the second or the third period, and they continue to play consistently those three periods, this team could be scary. I'm not saying they can beat Vegas, but this team could make some noise if Colorado were to overtake Vegas or for some ungodly reason, Minnesota tanks in the blue somehow end up in third, which is, I think... Pretty close to statistically impossible.
0: Yeah, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about the potential first round opponents here in a bit. Uh, first of all, Derek uh, King chimes in. It's nice to see Lions one through three playing their game of hockey, which is true. I mean, they they look like the way they should be instead of the disheveled mess they were for a while. There, it really seems they got away from what makes them great and try to be something that they weren't. <laughs> he feels he's more spooked by the Wild than any other team, which I disagree with. But we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But um, they They've got to nothing look- to lose. Yeah, exactly. Well, let, let's talk about the biggest problem facing the team, at least right now, Mason. And that is, is the third period the new second period? You know, Oh, God, from, I
3: hope not. Yeah. I hope not. I mean, you know, you can, so if you guys remember in the last podcast when me and Wax were talking, I said I wanted five solid efforts. You know, five mm-hmm. solid efforts, and I'd be back on board. I'd say, okay, fine, go for the playoffs. Go do it. Go play well, because I think right now, because we have those five solid efforts, I think we've gotten them. I think it's fair to say Mm -hmm. we've gotten five straight. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like we were, you know, playing teams like San Jose or Los Angeles. We were playing the teams who are literally leading the division right now, and we looked competitive. So my real only take from that is this team could pull off an upset. You know, that's why I think that we can go into the playoffs and do well, because they're the the, the pieces are all there. It's just a matter of putting it all together. Uh, But, you know, I really hope that the third period isn't turning into the second because I mean, we always we have a tendency. Everybody knows throughout this entire season that the second periods have been just god awful, and like, yeah. uh, and then and ever since I made the St. Louis Blues Twitter account reply to me with Barclay picks, we've been outstanding in the second period, and then the last game they ignored me, and look what happened. So well, I think. Yeah. I yeah, think this, there's some undeniable
0: correlation there. So and, and, and it's it's science. It's science. It, it is absolute science. It, and you address science. and you address this in your in your latest blues fan reacts video. I'm gonna play that clip for you right now, by the way.
3: One thing that is worthy of mention is the blues didn't reply to my tweets with Barclay picks this game, and look what happened. We lost. All right, blues Twitter person. If you're watching this, and I know her name is Elise, but if you're watching this this is something that you you know you get you take you, 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 you the the correlation is is there okay there there's something going on you have to reply We want more dog picks okay everybody wants more dog picks give the people what they want
0: you hear that elise? <laughs> More dog picks, okay? More. That is the secret to success, Elise. If you're watching this or if someone shares this with you later, whenever Blues fan reacts, calls for dog picks, you supply dog picks. It's very that's simple. Right. It's a, it's simple. It's science.
1: All I got to do it's is share, just, just tag her in this uh, this little clip on Twitter, and that's all you got to do. And if if they, if they don't do it, then we really know the Blues aren't committed to winning this year. That's that what is true. It is. That's what that it is. Is it's true. all in her hands now. You know, lots of social media managers
3: around the league, they complain like, oh, people are sit- replying to our tweets like the social media managers have any say in what happens on the ice. This case, you do.
0: Yes, you do. <laughs> absolutely, it's proven. do. Right. absolutely proven. It is absolutely proven. Give the people what they want. Give them Barkley. Damn it. Give them Barkley. Given Barkley. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a look at the remaining schedule here for the Blues for the, you know, for the last uh, couple weeks here. Uh, by the way, you know, we I think we've mentioned this before, but the Blues schedule is so tight, you know, leading up to their final game on. The, uh, I think it's May. Is it May 13th now? I think it is. Um, I'll, I'll have to take a look at that. Um, I think but it's the uh,
3: sixteenth. Actually, it is the
0: sixteenth. Yeah, yeah. Because the thirteenth is the Kings. That one oh, game. No, it's, it's and then, the thirteenth. It's the thirteenth. Yeah, it, it still is oh, the thirteenth. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. They've they've shuffled things around so much this year. It, it's crazy. So the first things first. We have two games at home coming up uh, in the uh, next couple days against Anaheim. The Blues. Uh, excuse me. The Ducks are four and six in their last ten. But they really can't beat anyone that matters. I mean they 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 played Vegas for uh, for a long stretch and they got taken to the woodshed. Uh, they're bot <laughs> they are they are bottom in the division and uh, the Blues themselves are four and two against the Ducks this year. So guys, this should be these should be easy dubs, you no? Know? Here we go again. You <laughs> want me to go off again? I went yeah. off in the last <laughs> <laughs> about this shit.
3: No, I don't want to go off again, but that is exactly, like, word for word, verbatim, bar for bar, what we said in the previous <laughs> two games stretch against Anaheim. We said, okay, you're finally playing a good team in Minnesota. If you play well, your reward is two allegedly easy games against the, the Anaheim. Do- we lost both of them! They can't beat anyone. We just that lost, so. in embarrassing fashion. We lost both of them.
2: Uh, I
3: don't care how good the Blues have been playing the last five year five games. It doesn't matter. No game's an easy game anymore. That's not an excuse. It's not.
1: I'm sorry. It's uh, not. I think. Uh, I think they're going to split. I honestly do, and and the main reason is that you know Ryan Miller's retiring, so mm-hmm. what, what he's going to get one of those games against the Blues, and for some reason. I don't know if it's going to be that he wants to stick it to St. Louis fans or if it's just karma in any way, shape or, or of anything. His, that game is going to be the game that, that the ducks win. And it's just going to be because of that sole reason alone that they split that. I think they get one win against them, but the game that they face Ryan Miller in either they're going to absolutely light him up or it's going to be a, like a two, nothing shutout where everybody sits there and goes, man, why is Ryan Miller retiring? That's, that, that's how it's going to go in my mind. Yeah, or
0: or that's gonna be the game that the Blues start. Ville huso you know, which as we know, Ville huso is, uh, you know, Mason. He's not great. So you
3: know what I think? I think the well, Blues should do Husso for
0: both games. Really, I think you they should. You just said though that these these are games that the Blues need to win, but they 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 they, they tend well, what, to lay an egg okay. against the, against this type of team. So,
3: like said, we're okay. going
0: to get Ryan Millard in one game.
3: We just will. Okay, it's just mm-hmm. it's it's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting at least one loss, just because you know, same thing, it's a very sentimental game. Why not give Bennington a two-game rest? Why not? All right, it's two, it's just two games, and we have uh, I don't well, even know, we have we seven want more games.
1: You will to have played in a week at that point. I mean, Friday would be the next game that they would play against Vegas, and yes, you, you're probably gonna play Bennington back to back in those games against Vegas. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. don't know if I, I would I don't know if I would give them six days off before playing back-to-backs. I think you start him, Bennington, in Monday's game against Anaheim. You give Huso the, the Wednesday game. That way, Bennington does have essentially three days off, and then he gets the back-to-backs against Vegas. That's got to right. be the plan going forward. I don't I don't think you give him six days off, though.
0: Yeah, that's asking a lot. Uh, Although it is worth kind of noting that Biddington's going through a stretch right now where he's not been bad, but he's not been great. And he's been rung up a little bit these last couple of games. I mean, you know, the Wild got, you know, three and four goals, you know, against them, you know, just about Mm -hmm. every time. So maybe there's a thought that you you, you give him a bit of a break and a bit of a palate cleanser. But then Mm -hmm. again, what better way to get a palate cleanser than, you know, the worst team in your division? And that's Anaheim coming up. So, um, I, I I just if you're Baruby, I really don't. I I think maybe you split Biddington and Huso and you try to play matchups a little bit. Um, like if you're starting Huso against Gibson, you're pretty much just you know waving the flag right there. I mean because the right. Blues Blues have a tough time in solving you know Gibson this year. Um, but maybe if you start Huso against Miller, you got a chance.
1: And here's here you want to know how you counteract the Ryan Miller thing too. And this is yeah. this is way out of left field and. Maybe it's because the Blues feel like they might be able to clinch. You go out there, you bring David Backus back. Ooh. You play David Backus in the Blues uniform. The one-day contract. The one-day contract. He plays against Ryan Miller. It's a whole Ducks, Blues, Miller, Backus retiring whole thing. Cancels everything out. And then he goes out a winner in his own one and only game with the blues this year and, and retires right afterwards and
0: scores a hat trick and gets a game winning goal, right? I'm not going oh, go yeah, to <laughs> go that far. I'm not going to go that far. Of course, no,
1: of
3: course, you know, you, you've seen the, 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 I don't even remember Rudy that get that yeah, Rudy, one,
0: but, but yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it could be that kind of story. I mean, you, know, you never know. I, I was going to say like the natural, you know, Roy Hobbs, yeah. you know, the guy that was written off because of a, you know, over time, but then he comes back and be's the hero. Um, By the way, I would say I I will agree with you guys on this in that if the Blues do get Backus, and this is just joking. I mean, I don't know if they're actually going to do this or not. They're probably not. Um, But if they do, he'd be a better option in the lineup than Zach fucking Sanford.
3: Oh Yeah, I think
0: you're right there. I think we can all agree there. Holy crap. In fact, by the way, you know, when, when you're when you're a. Middling to low Twitter influencer like our Blue Notes Twitter account is you know we have a few hundred followers, but uh, sometimes getting likes can be hard. Um, 21 people at last check liked a tweet last night that I made suggesting that um, the blues give up a draft pick to Seattle so that they take Zach Sanford. Now this is now I made that tweet made that tweet not just because I'm so freaking ready to see Zach Sanford leave town, but I also made it because it might protect like an Oscar Sunquist. You know, or someone like that. I know Doug Armstrong, you know, as Dan Ferris pointed out, uh, he said that he's not going to do that type of a deal. But I would like him to at least consider it. I would like him to at least consider it. What do you think, guys? I agree.
3: I agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you know, just like you, that was a pretty hot topic, you know, after the last game, especially, you know, because it was literally Zach Sanford's fault we lost that game. Literally. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a very hot topic. And literally, I I'm in the question segment of my video yesterday, you know, half the questions were, <laughs> what would you do to get rid of Zach Sanford? Including you me. Know? And I said, yeah, including you. I and, I and I said, you know, I wouldn't mind if we got rid of a third or to be perfectly honest, even a second. You know, yeah, I wouldn't really care. Just get him out of town because that second, even if it's Zach Sanford in a second, leaving town, like that—that second—that second round pick is worth less than an Oscar Sundquist, which would be staying on the team. That's my yeah. logic behind that. But I think we could get away with just getting the third. You know, and I feel like he—he he deserves that kind of wake up call. I think he's earned it because, I mean, Zach Sanford's been good for us. You know, he's—he's he's treated us well. It's just the last, you know. This year is just not his year anymore, unfortunately. And it's, it's every, it every there comes a time in every player's career where they got to make a decision, and uh, you know sometimes the management just has to help with that. Maybe he just needs a fresh start.
1: You know, well, here's so, the thing about this: that's something I he's, wouldn't mind. He's a restricted free agent after this season, so True. I, it's not even so much that the Blues have to do anything. They they may not even have to offer anything to get rid of him i'm not entirely sure how the expansion draft and restricted free agency all that stuff works i think
0: rfas would still be eligible and then the kraken Mm -hmm. would get a exclusive negotiating window essentially with whoever they pick which is which is which is that some people have talked about like if for instance they take schwartz you know if the blues unprotect schwartz if he's going to be a ufa and he's not coming back the blues might do that they might you know seattle might Pick Schwartz, and then they'll have an exclusive window to talk with him. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he's a free agent. So that's kind yeah. of that's my understanding of how that works. Um, and, and the thing with Stanford, and, I, and I'm going to name drop here, and I and, and I don't like doing that, but it just you know, but it but it, it, this is a moment that happens. So I remember coming out of the Blues press box and sharing an elevator with Jim Thomas with the St. Louis Post Dispatch and Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic, and we were talking about Zach Sanford one game, and. With Zach Sanford, we all we all kind of agree there is a constant need with him to give him a kick in the pants every now and then. Yeah. He is not going to you know have that motivation and that high level play all the time. He just does not have the motor. He's a big guy, but he's not physical. Uh, he's not you know a guy that's going to you know get you ugly goals you know in front of the net. That's just not his style. But yet he's physically set up to be like that, and he leaves you wanting at, you know all the time. It's just you know, with, with players like that, yeah, he might go to Seattle. He might be a perennial 20, 25 goal scorer for Seattle and may work out great for him. But for some reason, you know, here in St. Louis, he just goes into this malaise, you know, and, and it keeps, it just, it, he's, he just, he's very maddening to watch as a fan. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, with, you know, with Costum coming over, which we'll talk about that here in a little bit, and, you know, maybe some other movements that are coming, if maybe it's just time to say, you know what? You know Zach Sanford's going to eternally have potential, but he may never realize it. Let's cut bait.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I like what Derek says about Bortuzzo. It, it almost seems like any time <laughs> that uh, Sanford needs a kick in the ass, it's, it's Bortuzzo punching him in the face. <laughs> uh, I mean, if that's, look, if that's the only reason Bortuzzo's on this team and Sanford's on this team, maybe we need to schedule a, a fight every couple schedule of weeks. Schedule a boxing guess, match. You know, yes, know, like, uh, Oh, man, they could sell this, like, pay-per-view. Yeah, absolutely
3: I'd watch the shit like, out every, of that.
0: Every week, two blues players fight it out, you know, at Center Ice, in, inside a darkened enterprise center. You can have them skate out to the ice with pyro and lights and, you know, like the fog machine oh, going. Yeah. This could be, like, totally like a UFC setup there. In fact, they have to stay within, like, the Center Ice circle, I guess. Yeah. We, can call, we can call that the circular gone, I guess, you know, in, as opposed to the octagon. And just yeah, just have you know two two. If you ever wanted to know who would win a fight between Clem Costin and Robert Portuzo, tune in Wednesday night on the Saint Louis Blues Twitter account, where they will
3: <laughs> duke it out live. So who? Would, no offense. No did, offense to Clem Costin, but he's going to get his ass wiped on the floor. Neither.
1: I don't think so. I don't think Costin,
0: so either. Costin's a special band, a brand of crazy. I mean, he he played. <laughs> He played over sixty games in Russia and had over a hundred penalty minutes. Well, not not over hundred. He was at ninety five.
1: But yeah, the guy's the guy's nuts. And and talk about there's a dark horse on this team that you would have to look at as a guy that might like come out on top in a tournament of fighters. Look out for Braden Shen too. He seems a little sneaky, a little underhanded as I I would I would put a little money on Braden Shen being like the guy that comes out of the whole thing as being the guy that takes everybody out that you wouldn't expect so I mean don't don't lay your money on Bortuzzo just because he's the fighter of the team you know you got a couple of guys especially at the forward position that might Mm -hmm. be a little bit shady and under underhanded that uh, could go the distance I smell a future can
3: fight too Remember he could. that? He used to he, fight. He, he, he knows how to fight. And, he did. Uh,
0: Kyle, Kyle Clifford, of course. Kyle Clifford knows can how to fight, fight. Of, course, of course. He does. Of course, he does. Um, you know, Barbashev can fight. He's oh, he, yeah. he's strong. In fact, he fought Clifford the game where Clifford and Bennington kind of had mm-hmm. their little tête-à-tête. Uh, Bennington would win. Bennington would win. Yeah, you can win <laughs> <a> point. <laughs> That's right.
1: Um, oh man. Oh, you God. know you know what? he wouldn't be able to fight in the goalie pads, right? That extra protection wouldn't be there.
0: <laughs> I think I think what we're going to do for next week for one of our segments we are going to come up with a tournament a who would who is the best St. Louis Blues fighter right now and we are we are going to start a bracket and we're going to talk about the matchups we'll probably draw them out of a hat or we'll figure out the formatics about that but this is this is a good topic uh, by the way uh Derek points out anyone remember oh, yeah. Dunn fighting Drake Kajula in the in the minors there you go yeah. so there Plenty of options, plenty of options, you know. I, I love it. So let's let's go ahead and plan on that next week. The St. Louis Blues turn them into fighters, or mm-hmm. we'll we'll figure out a better name. We have a week. So um, so anyways, getting back to our original topic here, um, the blues are remaining schedule here. So they got Anaheim, which okay, maybe we shouldn't overlook them too much because it is the blues after all, and they find way to ways to play bad against bad teams. Um they have two in Vegas, Friday and Saturday. Uh, these this might be the Blues' first round opponents because they've been on an absolute you know tear lately. They won eleven out of their last twelve. Um, they um, uh, and of course the Blues they've they've played Vegas six times this year. They are two and four, and all four of those losses were just about embarrassing in some way. I mean, they they didn't just lose; they got humbled by Vegas. Mm. So I, I I think, in my opinion, you know, uh, Derek uh, Derek King earlier said that. Uh, he thought that he's more spooked by the Wild than any other team. I'm more spooked than Vegas at Vegas at this point oh, yeah. because the Blues have not proven this year that they can play well against them consistently. They can play well against Colorado. They just proved that. They can play well against Minnesota. They just proved that. Vegas, not really, mm. not really. Uh, what do you think, guys? Is, is Vegas the team you least want to see in the first round?
1: Yes. Definitely okay. the team I want to at least want to see in the first round, but I, I get I get Derek's point a little bit about being spooked by the Wild because you look at Vegas and you look at Colorado. Both of those teams are expected to be there at the end. They have all the pressure in the league essentially on them. You know, they, they both those teams have been right up there. Vegas was the bridesmaid, not the bride. Colorado hasn't even reached the finals in a long time, so they have a ton of pressure being heaped on them. We also have no look, answer for Leonard, as Derek points true, out. That's that's very, very true as well. But once again, get into the playoffs, it's a different animal, it's a different beast. Uh, you look at Minnesota, they they legitimately have nothing to to play for in a sense. You know, no one's expecting no one none of us expect them to even be making the playoffs this year. So the fact that they're there, they're the third place team, they've got a lot of talent, they have nothing really to lose. So Facing off against them, if I'm Colorado or if it ends up being Vegas that plays Minnesota, I'd actually be a little bit frightened of them because they've got skill, they've got young guys, and they have nothing to lose. Colorado-Vegas, they are expected to be there. And I think Vegas and Colorado should both be a little bit scared of playing the Blues as well if they continue to play at this level because the Blues also, in a sense, don't have anything to lose as well. They've got their Stanley Cup from two years ago. Yes, it'd be great to get back there and win another one, but the pressure isn't essentially there on the blues or the wild Mm -hmm. and all the pressure is on Vegas and Colorado. So while I'm scared to play Vegas, I'm actually coming around to the excitement of being able to play them and seeing if we can get their buttholes to tighten just a little bit and (laughs) scare them enough to upset them. Yes. They've got Petro there. Yes. They've got Flurry there. They've got Stanley cup experience, but still they don't have any cups in that on that team for that team. So there's a little bit of pressure there.
0: Well, they got, cl- they, of course they got close, but they couldn't quite get the job done in the yeah. end, which is nothing good to ever say about a guy. So, you know, let's <laughs> just, just, just keep that in mind. Um, I, I, I get, it feels kind of like we're playing a game of fuck, marry, kill, you know, with these three teams here, like, you know, which, you know, which, which team would we prefer, which team would we be okay with, which team we absolutely would not want to play. Um, for me, it's still Vegas, but you know, you got, you bring up a point about Minnesota, And that is Minnesota for years has been the most average team in hockey. They have had a culture of just being boring, unexciting, no momentum either way. Like they're good enough to not be bad, but they're not good enough to be good. You know, that, that, mm-hmm. that's that been kind of their M.O. Now they get Kaprizov, you know, who has been a big spark for them. I mean, he has come over and been as advertised. And there's a big debate, you know, over the Calder. You know, it's probably going to be Kaprizov that wins oh, yeah. it. But there's some question over, hey, he's played in KHL for a few years. How does he get to win that? Which we can talk about that here in a bit. Um, but then you got him. You got uh, you got the goaltender goaltenders for Minnesota. Cam Talbot is an elite goalie in this no. year he this year he is he, his numbers are 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 amazing i mean of course he looked bad against the blues the past you know the the two games this week but before then he had like a 935 save percentage and you know his 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 goals against was was at or below 2 i believe um uh, he's been a surprise for them uh, uh Kockinen, the their uh, backup goaltender has been a surprise for them um, they've had so many players step them. They have kind of a, a little bit of a, a team of destiny kind of feel to them, mm-hmm. a little bit <laughs> similar to where the blues were, because everyone wrote off the blues, you know, a couple of years ago. And then, of no, course, I, we, I we got this. Um, so, I, so Mason, let's go to you on this. Um, I say, you know, Vegas is the team I fear the most. I would say then it's Minnesota. And believe it or not, I would actually want to face Colorado in the first round. But you're kind of wincing at that. Mm -mm. no (laughs) you want no you you want no part of colorado what what
3: what's gonna happen is we talked about this halfway through the season when we were just weren't meeting expectations we said okay either we're missing the playoffs we're going out in the first round or we're winning the cup and it's not gonna be any else we're not gonna lose in the second round we're not gonna lose in the third round we are going to either lose in the first or win the cup it's gonna be one of those two and i actually am on board with that you know i actually i totally agree with that because just like 2019 All the pieces fell together halfway through the season, all at once. They all came together just immediately. You know, Craig Berube started getting his message out there. You know, Jordan Binnington was playing out of his mind. You know, all these like key pieces to the Blues. The defense was stepping up. They're playing the best that they they were playing the best hockey that they had played all year. Everything fell apart. Everything came together at the exact same time, and that's what's happening with Minnesota right now. So that means that Minnesota is a scary team. I wouldn't put them scarier than Colorado or Vegas, but they are a scary team, and you cannot count them out. You know, much like the Blues right now. You know, if they finish this season strong, if they beat which the first round, it's obviously going to be either Vegas or Colorado. You know, we're playing them in the first. Round. There's there's no. It's it's just inevitable at this point. Um, yeah. But I mean, I I'd rather play Vegas. I, I think I would, you know, because, I don't know, the Blues just have a way of matching their physical style. And uh, and in addition to, you know, Vegas having the best fourth line in the league, the Blues have the second best fourth line. And oftentimes that's what it comes down to is, you know, a line-by-line line comparison. Yeah. I think we got a shot against Vegas. I guess Colorado, that's tough to tell because, I mean, like I said, the playoffs are just a – they're weird, okay? Just yeah. it's like 2019 – Tampa Bay Lightning is my first example, but that's happened a thousand times before. But, you know, th- th- weird things happen in the playoffs. And I think if the Blues can get past, you know, whoever they play in the first round, whether that's Colorado or Vegas, they can beat anybody, you know, because I think it's a pretty fair consensus that Vegas and Colorado are not only the best two in the division, they're the best two in the
0: league, yeah. two of the best in the league. Absolutely. If they can beat either of them, they can beat anybody. They really it's can just, And this is true. And- and as Derek knows, first round is going to be the hardest series, probably. Another mm-hmm. um, n- thought here: we were we were talking about you know Vegas going on a big run lately, eleven of the last twelve, and you know the Blues kind of coming out of a funk a little bit. Colorado's in a funk a little bit right now. The Blues kind of put them in one, um, and then the Wild are still kind of they're they're playing well. Um, but there's there's something to be said maybe about momentum going mm-hmm. into a playoff series and you wonder if vegas you know going on this crazy run if you know as we all know hockey's very cyclical it's very up and down teams can you know play play great for 12 games in a row and then stink up the joint the next six you know or or what what have you um i wonder if vegas is going to be burned out going into this playoffs a little bit because they are playing so well and then the first chance of adversity we've seen teams that have gone on these incredible runs their first loss like just shatters You know, Mm -hmm. because you get you get so confident in those runs. I really do believe you get a lot of self-confidence. You get a little cocky, maybe a little bit. Maybe the locker room's a little cocky. Maybe everyone's being a little bit too loose. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, like let's say it's the blues coming out. Let's say the blues come in. They sucker punch, you know, Vegas and win five to one and, you know, break their and break their good run. Maybe they limp into the playoffs, you know, after a great run, after they get humbled, after, you know, a big streak. And maybe they play poorly. In the first round, whereas, you know, a team like Colorado, maybe they figure it out. You know, these final I think they have four more games left uh, before going into uh, the playoffs. Maybe they figure it out in these next four games and they come into the playoffs hot. Maybe the Wild Plus find another gear. Momentum, I think, is key. And I, I think the Blues actually are in a good spot right now in that, you know, they they're, they're picking up their momentum. They're still playing well, despite, you know, Saturday night's loss maybe this is the right time for them to get going. And maybe, just maybe, you know, I, I feel more confident this week than I have the past couple of weeks about the Blues uh, mm-hmm. going on a run. I think I, I've I've I officially entered the territory where it's quite plausible the Blues could get a first-round upset. I think it's quite plausible now, much Definitely. more plausible than it was last week. What do you think, guys?
1: Yeah, I think so too. And you're going to your point about a team, you know, getting a loss maybe in game one and kind of falling downhill. That That's the thing that you don't want a team like a Vegas or even a Colorado essentially to get going. Facing them in the second round after they've already won a, fir- a first round series, that's going to be tough because they're going to be rolling. They're going to know what it takes to win a series and keep going. You don't want to get a team that's going on a run, you want to be able to get them and hit them early. So Mm -hmm. whether it's Vegas or Colorado, if you go in there and let's say you steal game one on the road, all of a sudden that complexion of the first round changes and you do have a chance to have that upset. And yeah, the blues I think are are doing it at the exact right time. They're winning games. They're getting a little hot. They've got some guys that are injured. uh, Tereschenko and Krug essentially as well. And done as well. Done as Mm -hmm. well. It'd be very interesting. You've got, Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, all have clinched. So all of them are kind of letting off the gas a little bit. And it may have been, maybe they're getting off the gas a little too soon. You know, maybe they, they, they clinched last week. So they're going to go three weeks, essentially, since they clinched before playoffs hit. Whereas the mm-hmm. Blues are going to be fighting to the very end. Now, you don't want to be that team that fights all the way up to the last day in order to clinch, because then you essentially burnt yourself out. in that first round yeah. series, you t- you're kind of gassed. But the Blues clinch, you know, maybe first game against Vegas this upcoming week, and then they've got another week where they can kind of give some guys rest, but still continue to play, what have you. That's probably like the sweet spot in my mind of, Mm -hmm. hey, you're playing consistent, meaningful games up until about a week before the playoffs. Then you got that week to kind of maintain your team, get yourself set up and ready to go, get your rotation right as far as when your goalies are starting, how you want your players to get their rest and all that. Then you hit the playoffs and you can go. Whereas, these teams that have clinched they've they've kind of already started that but maybe it's a little too long and then yeah. another team maybe clinches on the last day and they're like they're using their best guys and they start the next round 2 days later they're gassed so yeah. i think the blues are at that sweet spot right now if they can clinch with one of those games in vegas that might be the the best position the blues could put themselves in
0: you bring up a point though about you know Colorado and Minnesota already clinching their playoff spots and the thought maybe they're taking their foot off the gas a little bit because I don't think Minnesota they have a chance of getting second, but that's just gonna give them home ice. I mean, that's not gonna be you know, they're still gonna have and probably end up facing Colorado yeah. uh, the way things are going right now. There's not a whole lot of position jostling going on. So I'll ask you, Mason. You know, is there a chance maybe these last couple games against Colorado and Minnesota were something of a mirage, a little bit, and that we we weren't actually seeing the full capability of Colorado and uh, Minnesota?
3: No, they don't strike me as those kinds of teams. They strike me as they they strike me as the like well-oiled machines where they're going to fight till the very end. You know, maybe they take their foot off a little bit. Maybe I actually no, I don't think they take their foot off. I think they just try new combinations for the playoffs. That's probably where a lot of the if they don't play well, that's probably gonna be wise because the coaches are doing experiments seeing what works in the playoffs, what doesn't work. I that's the only reason that I can see any of these teams, you know, playing even remotely badly for the you know, last five games of the season.
0: You know and it's and it's not a very hockey thing to like start like you know laying down for another team I mean that's yes, just yeah. it's it's not a hockey thing like you know you, you might say like in, in baseball maybe it happens a little bit like maybe you you know take a few extra seconds getting to that fly ball if you're already eliminated from cont- contention that kind of thing but hockey nah hockey's yeah. a warrior sport so uh, uh uh definitely got a point by the way uh Derek points out oh wouldn't we probably have to go through both Vegas and the Avs? well we, we're, gonna to, we're gonna have to yeah. play. We're gonna have to play two. Uh, uh, two out of uh, either. We gotta have to go through at least one of Vegas, one of Colorado, or one of Minnesota in some sort of combination in the first two rounds. So he's got a point. So they they need to figure out a way to beat Vegas. And I want to uh, give Dan Ferris some dap. He posted in the. Uh, Justin Falk stand club I think there's the mental block right now versus Vegas almost like the blocks that existed for Chicago that existed for Los Angeles San Jose basically all the California teams and Colorado over the years once you get to thinking you're beat before the puck drops you're pretty much going to go the self-fulfilling prophecy route and that's Mm -hmm. true. So I think I think these two games coming up against Vegas are going to be very important for the Blues to see how they come out against Vegas to see if they can get a win or two even against Vegas or at least you know I mean at least points looking competitive keeping the games close because if that's going to be the first round matchup you want to know that the Blues are going to play well against Vegas mm-hmm. and what better way to do that than right before the playoffs start and maybe maybe if the blues get a win or two and they look competitive in both games maybe they get in vegas's head a little bit maybe they start getting vegas to doubt themselves and that's kind of what i was talking about earlier with that momentum you know if the blues are the team that you know shatters you know the vegas good run maybe they start doubting themselves going into the playoffs maybe there's an opportunity there i mean because as we know vegas you know they they're they're not uh, they're not uh immune to choking in the playoffs no. <laughs> they have, <laughs> no. They have they have done they've they've done it. They are, in their short history. That is one thing they have proven is that they can choke in the playoffs. So they're pretty damn good at it
3: too. They that are they, very they, entertaining. Very entertaining very game seven. It was it was probably the most entertaining game seven I watched that wasn't a blues game.
0: Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So then after Vegas, you have one more game against the Kings. That's a makeup game. Uh, The Blues went two and five against the Kings, by the way. So I'm definitely not going to call that an easy dub, Mason, um, because the Blues have proven that the the Kings have proven they're not an easy win this year, at least against the Blues. Um, Hopefully the Blues have the playoffs wrapped up by then. I mean, Arizona isn't knocking anyone's socks off lately and they just have four games left. So I think that's pretty. I, I think that question is mostly decided at this point, but you never know. Um, and then the Blues cap off the season with two more against the Minnesota Wild. Um, I, I, you know what? I am going to, you know, I, I don't know if the Blues will face the Wild in the playoffs. I mean, it's very likely it's going to be Vegas and in Colorado in some way, shape, or form. But I will say though that having the Wild in the West Division with the Blues this year is going to be it's gonna help the rivalry immensely when both teams return to the central next year and they're gonna take arizona with them, which of course we've got our own issues with Arizona to deal with, mostly mostly bad. Let's um, not go there. We're not we're not we're not gonna talk about Arizona. They scare us. We already um, lost the playoff series to them this year. So yeah, it, we did. Yeah, it we was, took it was, to Game Seven. We did. We took it to Game Seven, but then they they took us out. Um, well, but yeah, I I never viewed Minnesota as a rival really before wow. this season. I mean, they're 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 Iowa separates us our two states. Um, they Minnesota always has felt kind of isolated up there a little bit. Like I think the Jets are their probably their biggest rivals just because of the geography. But I think now, I think maybe now and now that they've played eight competitive games, you know, or will have played eight competitive games that this could be a good rivalry for the future. I'm actually looking forward to wild. It's actually seeing the wild again, which I have not been able to say in years because they've been, they've been boring.
1: <laughs> well, so, back in the eighties and nineties, the the North stars were a huge rivalry with the Blues. Yeah. So having the, the Minnesota connection again is really, really cool. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we had yeah. a lot of competitive matchups against Minnesota and it's nice to see a team, up there that's not boring and Mm -hmm. you you are i mean it's always nice to dominate franchises but it's even better when there's competition between the two i mean that's why the whole cardinals cubs thing kind of is blasé in a sense you know it's usually either the cardinals are really good or the cubs are really good it's never where both are really good at the same time and those matchups are like premier now with st louis minnesota in the past that's how it's been either minnesota's been good or st louis has been good and the matchups have been kind of now that you've got two really good franchises and the teams are good and young too those might become must see games and Mm -hmm. while the chicago st louis rivalry may be waning a little bit the nashville one the minnesota one the colorado one the dallas one i mean everything in the central right now for the blues you're having these really nice young budding rivalries kind of coming back and it may turn back into a, a black and blue Norse division essentially
0: God it's gonna be like blood sport whenever whenever the Blues go back in because they got grievances with just about every single yeah. team I mean the Blues and Stars as you said that kind of dates back to the North Stars but they, I consider that a, a very competitive rivalry it's not like a it's not a rivalry of malice no. you know I would say you know I mean because I, I went I, as a Blues fan in my Blues garb I went to Dallas and actually the fans down there were really cool I actually got yeah. into appreciation for them um but that, that's a competitive rivalry um you know and i still get ptsd over ben bishop you know in game seven of the 2019 playoffs i mean that's just wow um so you got them you got nashville you know and, and their sister wives so we you know we you know that that's always going to be a rivalry for for, for various reasons chicago's <laughs> always going to be a rivalry you oh, got yeah. minnesota now the jets hate us they still hate us from the playoffs, you know, before. Uh Colorado's never really liked us. I mean, it's just you're right, the Central's going to be uh it's going to be lit next season. I'm I'm it's, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. It's going to be yeah. nice and
3: I really like I like how the Blues and Arizona are really forming a rivalry. I think that's going to more than Minnesota. I think the Blues it, and Coyotes are going to form a really strong rivalry. But yeah, to your point, you know, Minnesota's playing better hockey, you know, and the Blues are playing better hockey, so and it, yeah, they're both young teams as well. So yeah, I could see something like that going on. But I mean, Chicago is always going to be the main one. I think yeah. I don't. I don't see that. It might be waning, but that's just because they weren't putting the same. I think that I just. I wish they were in this division. This, I wish we could played played know. So, even I even know. if we lost six of them, I still like. I love that it's rivalry. Chicago. It's, it's Chicago. Chicago. You love to hate them, right? Yes. You, you love to hate them. So no I, I don't see that going anywhere. But you know, when it comes to You know, like you said, Minnesota, Arizona, you know, I love that. I I love that there might be some renewed heat there.
0: Yeah, I remember during the 2020 All Star uh, Skills Competition, um, Patrick Kane won one of the skills comps, and he was getting booed out of the building. (laughs) And and especially because I think he was going up against the Blues guy too. I I forget if it was O'Reilly or Perron, but he was like going up against one of them in like a a shot accuracy competition, and uh, it was just it it felt it almost felt like being at the old arena. You know how much we you know just piled it on Patrick Kane. It was great stuff. Um, So so the Blues are playing better. But there's a couple players that I'm a little worried about for various reasons. So first things first, let's bring up Jaden Schwartz again because my opinion's shifting on him a little bit. Just you know, in just from recent weeks, um, Jaden Schwartz, of course, is an un- unrestricted free agent. He makes you know five point three five million this year. Um, it's kind of it's kind of hard to say what he's going to get this free agency because of COVID and you know the cap staying where it is. Um, I've heard some things that maybe he's going to test free agency. That's I don't like playing the sources game because I mean, you know, any, any idiot on the internet can say that they have sources and, you know, and maybe they occasionally get it right. And then they'll brag about how they were right. Uh, I don't play that game. Um, I legitimately, I legitimately don't have any like deep sources within the blues. I'm just a Mm -hmm. fan like you guys, but I have heard some things about Schwartz and that he might want to test the waters. Um, did you guys see the play last night when Schwartz had the puck right in front of Bennington, and he was trying to do some dirty dangles, and almost ended up allowing a goal? Yeah. Um, that and the fact that the guy just cannot score a goal to save his life. I mean, I'll go to I'll go to you on this, Mason. I mean, what NHL team is going to look at Jaden Schwartz's play this year and just be ready to throw a bunch of money at him? You know, <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Well, oh yeah, <laughs> true. true. <laughs> they need to do the replacement. Oh, no.
1: Oh, God. That, that is so I had true. To. I'm sorry.
2: I had to. <laughs> Buffalo,
1: oh, no. where dreams go to die. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Buffalo and Edmonton, both of them. Don't forget I'm Edmonton. Just,
0: I'm just imagining all of those, you know, two-on-ones with Eichel and Schwartz, and Eichel feeds Schwartz a nice pass, and it ends up, like, going off the glass behind the goalie. I mean, I'm just imagining that. Um <laughs> No, oh no.
3: To your to your credit, I think uh, not very many. You know, competent GMs in this league will look at Jaden Schwartz and go, "Oh, I'm gonna throw him a six by six, You know, yeah. It, it's just your not, favorite contract. Well, my favorite. Oh yes, my favorite contract. Uh, <laughs> still, 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 still not on board. But you know, different tangent uh but it seems like we bring that up every damn episode we bring up how much i hate that thank you because know, it's you such just, a
0: big part of this team going w- forward at six wonderful
3: man thank you for that thank you it, it's a hand <laughs> trying to get
0: me riled up <laughs>
3: It's see, a 50,
1: hand up. 52 weeks a year six years uh we're going to be doing a, a lot of talking about this aren't we
0: uh oh, let's geez. see so that's going to be let's see that's, 52 times six three hundred and three hundred and twelve
1: that's, and a then, years, that's a year's worth of talking about
0: one thing for the next six years. And then times that by six. So 312 times six, you are, uh, I would say, in a ballpark of about 2,000 times the, yeah. in the next six years. So brace yourself, Mason.
3: Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't <see> think... <laughs> Anyway, I see, uh, you know, like I, I, I'm still kind of on that train. I would love Schwartz to stick around. I mean, that's too too much leadership has gone out the window. You know, like we mentioned, you know, before that said wonderful extension on Biddington, you said which, which player would be more valuable to the team going forward. I'm still saying Schwartz. You know, I'm I'm still definitely on that train. I think that he's he's just such a big presence in the room. You know, he's done so much for this organization already, and I, you know, maybe we should take advantage of the fact that hey, a lot of these GMs probably aren't willing to take a chance on it right now. Maybe it's an intentional thing. You know, you never know. Maybe. So, you know, I think if we bring him back, if we do like a like a four million, five million over a three or four year. I wouldn't mind, you know, even if, even if we overpay for him just for a little bit, he's one of those players that I, I just, I I wouldn't be mad about, you know, same with Ryan O'Reilly's the other one. If we overpay for him, I'm okay with it. If we overpay for Schwartz, I'm okay with it. You know, they're just, they're, they're two key pieces of this team. Well,
0: Well, Jane Schwartz, by the way, I should point out that he will be 29 in -hmm. uh, in June. Uh, So this is he's kind of in a similar situation. I feel that Petro is in, although I think Petro is the much better player uh, in that this is this might be one of his last chances to like cash in per se and, you know, get himself a contract. I just don't think Wags, he's played well enough to
1: get that deal.
0: And I'm kind of wondering if maybe he's a candidate for a bridge deal.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. 100% a candidate for a bridge deal. And He still has the ability to go out there and prove himself. The one thing that you have to take into account is that he is a streaky goal scorer. And yes. streaky, streaky goal scorers do still get good contracts. And teams that are right on the cusp of being a great team will look at that and go, okay, we've got enough greatness around us that we can uh, afford to have a guy come in and be a streaky goaltender because i mean look what he did in the playoffs last uh, in 2019 in 2019 everybody was lamenting they're like god we got to get rid of schwartz we have he is just so snake bit he hasn't scored a goal in forever i may have been hmm. one of them let's see it's 2021 he's been snake bitten and hasn't scored a lot of i goals. can see
3: the shame on your face tom when you see that <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but he, in, in 2019 what did he do you do in 2019, what did he do? He absolutely dominated the Jets in the first round series. So he has the ability to, to turn it on. He has the ability to go on runs. And a, a team that's right there on the cusp may be sitting there thinking, okay, we may, over, we may overpay for him as well and bring him in because when playoff time comes around, he's a hard worker. He goes mm-hmm. to the dirty areas of the ice. He's not going to back down. He's going to hustle the entire game, whether he's scoring yeah. goals or not that's it's he's a glue guy and some teams are going to overpay for a glue guy and the blues should be one of them. You saw what Alex Steen did for this team. And I, for the longest time, I was not an Alex Steen proponent. I thought he was a guy that was breaking up the team. I thought he was a guy that drove coaches out, but after kind of diving back into it and looking into it, he, he was the perfect guy for this team. And Jaden Schwartz is just the next Alex Mm -hmm. Steen on this team. So once again, you may have to overpay for him, but I think that it's, a good overpay and I see the blues doing it. You you talk about three or 4 million over the next couple of years. He's making 5.3 this year. Yeah, Um, I don't sit there and see him taking that big of a pay cut. I think if anything, he may be looking for a pay raise. The blues may have to go up to five, five and Mm. and go from there. So it's a little bit of a pay raise and you may be overpaying for a third line, a third line guy. But at that point, I think I'm okay with it with Jaden Schwartz.
3: Right. Well, with the, with Alex Dean, I didn't mind that contract either. You know it was it sure was a while, approaching 6 million yeah. I wasn't I was like he's he was one of those players I was like I like to like I like jokingly whined about it you know just yeah. like oh we're playing 6 million for this but I think every single blues fan knows how key of a role he played for the team not only was he a mentor in the locker room he he did everything that was asked of him You know, Mm -hmm. he could be slotted damn near anywhere in the lineup, first off. Second off, like I said, mentor for all the young players. You know, Robert Thomas is straight up said he wouldn't be where he is in his career without Alexander Steen and his guidance. And not only that, but the team around him, whoever he plays with, gives it 120 percent. Whoever you put on his line, because they're there, you know, they want to impress Alex Steen. I think Jaden Schwartz could give off that same vibe.
0: Yeah, and, and I think this year has shown how valuable Alex Steen was to the St. Louis Blues because I believe that the Blues have missed his leadership in the locker room. And Steen was a guy that, you know, and, and I heard the same things about Steen and that you may have chased off coaches or whatever, but at time has shown he's not a vocal guy in in the locker room. He is, and, he, and he's always team first. Like, I remember... Uh, when the discussion was had with him and Coach Barubi about going down to the fourth line with Sunquist and Barbashev, it was. Bruby said it was like a five-minute conversation, and Steen did not protest one bit. He 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 was very much whatever it was to help the club. Now, sure. was he always this way? I don't know, but I mean, I to me he just, he, he never came off as a rabble rouser, you know, in the locker room and 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 the locker room cancer, as they say. I think that was. Other players, you know, like I, I I've heard Oshi, you know, was what wasn't the best guy in the locker room. He tended to sulk a little bit. Um, you know, we all Ryan know. Miller Patrick. was the other one, and Patrick Berglund was kind of a head case. You know, you know that. You know, so, was too. Simonti was too. Exactly, but you know, getting back to getting back to Schwartz. I mean. I I showed a graphic on on my personal Twitter account a couple days ago from Jay Fresh. It's his it's his updated analytics card, basically, mm-hmm. and it shows that yes, yeah, Schwartz is is having a bad time finishing this year. I mean that that's that's proven to anyone that just watches him play. He's still a play driver. I mean he's still he still can contribute on offense, at least you know as as a playmaker. But the biggest thing that stood out to me was that his in, in terms of analytics, his defense numbers are elite for a forward. Yeah. And, you know, we often don't look at the defensive side of things when it comes to forwards, because when you think forwards, you think of your typical goal scorers. Um, and and a lot of times, defensive players, um, defensive forwards, they don't get noticed. They don't get noticed because they're doing their jobs. And right. they're doing their jobs very well. Like, you know, we probably, I mean, I, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly gets credit for doing so many things well, you know, I mean, being a captain, uh, being a playmaker, having a sick backhand you know, as we saw against uh, Talbot the other night. Um, but he's also an elite defensive forward and you don't hear his name called much in the defensive zone, except if except he makes a big play, but just in general, you, you know, when you're playing defense, you're not supposed to be noticed. You're not supposed to have the spotlight on you and say what you will about Schwartz's streakiness, which, you know, I'll, I'll have another point on that here in a bit, but he's consistently an engine for this team. And I, I, I just I don't think he is due for a big raise. I I I don't think his play merits a big raise. I think he's gonna get about what he's making now. Mm-hmm. Maybe even maybe maybe even takes a slight pay cut and gets like goes down to five mil, you know, maybe on a one year or two year deal, just on a on a on a short bridge deal. And you know, basically saying, Oh, you know, blues are saying, Oh, he didn't prove it this year. Well, we'll give you another chance because you're Jaden Schwartz and you've given us a lot of good years. Yeah. We'll give you another chance to prove it and then make your money. You know, next year, that's I think the Blues would would be amenable to that. But, you know, Schwartz, he I I keep every time we bring up Jaden Schwartz, I'm often reminded of Jeff Cortnall. Jeff Cortnall was a very similar player in that he was insanely streaky. I mean, he was a guy that would score goals kind of like a Mike Hoffman where he would score goals in bunches and then he would disappear you know, for a couple of weeks, but he was always a moxie guy. He was always a, you know, kind of a rabble rouser, you know, he wouldn't drop the gloves, but he was just kind of a pest out there. Um, and I kept thinking like, you know, I was very sad when he retired because of concussion issues. Um, and I'm, and, and I think about that. And I think of, man, it would really suck if Schwartz was gone because, you know, of, of, of the things that he does like a Jeff mm-hmm. Cortnault did for the blues. So um it, it's, 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 it's a tough situation for both. I mean, for both the blues and, and Schwartz because yeah, Schwartz hasn't played the best this year, but I I guess like the old song goes, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Mm -hmm. And, and may, I don't know if the blues are going to have the um, guts to actually see, test that theory out. But then again, it's all up to Schwartz as well. I mean, he's got a one to resign here in St. Louis as well. And who knows what he's thinking, who really knows what he's thinking. So we'll, We'll see how that plays out. Of course, we talked a little bit about Zach Sanford. No one likes him anymore. I think it's pretty safe to say that we'd love to see him elsewhere. You know, next you know, uh, next year. So I'm not going to waste any more breath on him. Tarasenko, uh, you know, Tarasenko. We've uh, we've talked a little bit about him and uh, you know how he's been kind of up and down since he's come back. Well, now he's hurt. And have you guys heard anything about his injury or how long he's going to be out? It's it's. It, I'm day to day. I hope it is. And I hope this isn't another thing Well, that's
3: straight from Barube's mouth. He yeah.
0: Said, you know, lower body day to day, nothing bigger than that. Yeah. So it sounds like he picked up a knock and hopefully he comes back healthy, but he hasn't, you know, even when he's, he's been healthy, he hasn't been the spark. That, that, that the Blues needed. And maybe now that we're heading towards the playoffs, you know, maybe, you know, we were kind of talking last week about if we were, we exposed him to Seattle, maybe it would light a fire under him. Um, do you feel maybe that he has something to prove before the playoffs?
1: I don't think he has anything to prove before the playoffs. I think he has, if anything, he has to prove that he's healthy 100%. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. And now I still keep going back time and time and time again. And this is something that has been a, the Blues issue with Tarasenko for five, six, seven years. And uh, every time on Twitter, whenever, whenever he scores a goal on the power play and he's in front of the net, it's like, Oh, Hey, guess what? You put a guy in a position like that and a quick shot and he scores a goal. That's freaking surprising. Yeah, They, they don't utilize him in the way that I think he should be utilized. He's got the TJ Oshie type of build. He's a guy that needs to be in the middle of the ice where he can use that quick release. That, that's not, he's not, a Ovechkin guy. He's not a one-time slap shot from the corner kind of guy. He needs to be in the middle of the, of the ice in front of the net, quick release. I still go back to the, the playoff series against Colorado or, or against Chicago where they're like, they, they broke down that is the puck is on his stick for like .04 tenths of a second and then it goes in the net. Like, you have a guy with that quick of a release, put him in a spot where he doesn't have to have a whole lot of room to maneuver because it feels like when he has time he over he overthinks. He over-thinks. He does. Yes, you need to yeah. get him in a spot where it's just boom, boom, boom. Instantaneous puck, stick, go puck, stick, goal, puck, Ovechkin. stick, goal. Ovechkin. Well, but, but see, even Ovechkin still has that time because that passions, That pass is still having to come across ice. He's winding up and he's ready for the shot. Tarasenko doesn't need to wind up. It needs to be. Hey, the puck's down low. All of a sudden it's boom, boom, boom. Go boom, boom, boom. Go Boom, 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 go. That's what Tarasenko needs. When he has that time to think, he overthinks it. And I'm the same way. I am terrible when I have space in hockey. I suck. But you give me that, you put me in front of the net and just react to a puck, it's going in the net. And that's how Tarasenko is. He's not that kind of goal scorer where he needs all that time to think. He just needs to fire the puck at the net. And if you continue to put him in spots where he's able to do that, like on the power play in front of the net, then he's going to be successful and you're going to see a whole new player. I get the point of not trying to expose him to too much physicality, but you got to get past that. If you if you're going to yeah. put him in a, a place to succeed, you need to get past it. Think he's healthy, put him there and go. And and I don't think the Blues are going to do that unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I, I I never played hockey growing up, but I did play a little basketball, and I had an issue where uh, sometimes if I had a lot of space and I was right by the basket, I would just clank it or you know not you know just just completely miss it, and you know the coach you know took me aside after one game because I was there starting power forward, and uh, he was like, hey, you just just you're you're overthinking it out there. If you're if you're thinking, you're stinking. Basically, just do it, just put it up. You you know how to score, you've done it in practice, just freaking do it. And I improved because when once I once I got the ball in my hands, I wasn't thinking like, okay, should I lay it up and go to the right side or left side? I just let my instinct do it. And Vladimir Teresenko is, is such an instinctual player that he needs to stop overthinking. He just and he just needs to, as as the Nike slogan goes, just do it. Just do it. Um, by the way, uh Mason I want to I want to pitch this one to you here. You you tweeted last night jake wallman is elite so do we do we like jake wallman now i like jake wallman now oh, okay he last game he looked good
3: in the game before he looked good yeah now, I, there's a reason i didn't put an exclamation point i put a question <laughs> mark, All question right? mark. Let's, just, let's just put let's just get that straight yeah right? I, I put a i specifically put a question like is he maybe okay
0: i mean he's been <laughs> a hell of a lot better than vince dunn i think uh, that's true. That's true. I, I I will say this. I was hard on Wallman at the start of the season. I thought I was he looked he looked lost on defense, and he I, I kept suggesting maybe he should be a forward. You know because he's he's got good speed and he's got a heavy shot. Put him at put him left wing. Um, but no, he he looks a lot more comfortable. You know in oh, yeah. in, in 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 you know playing NHL minutes, which I which I think that was part of the issue with you know I mean yeah we. we, I, we, we, I, I, we yeah. We forget that, you know, even though he's had so many years in the minors, I mean, the NHL and AHL are two different speeds, two different th- sets of skill levels. And sometimes there can be a bit of a hurdle to jump, you know, and I think and I think Wallman just need a little bit of time to, you know, jump the proverbial hurdle. I would be interested in seeing him back next year. I think he's uh, I think he's an RFA. Yeah, uh, I think he's uh, earned it. yeah, I think he's earned another shot. Um, I don't know where he fits in because I'm um, because, well, well, Gunner's probably gone. Um Gunner's gone. I think he might even retire because I mean he's he's 35 and he's uh he's it's a neck injury with him, right? Yeah.
1: Oh no, no. Yeah, uh, knee. Uh,
0: knee. Oh, it's a knee with him. Knee. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of someone else. But yeah, a knee a major knee injury when you're at the end, you know, 34 going on 35, and you're already like a third pairing guy. I mean, mm-hmm. it might be it might just be time. Yeah. Um you but you're gonna have Scott Prunovich coming back. You have Vince Dunn might be gone. That'll be- yeah, I'm waiting for Prunovich. Uh, as even before you joined the show, Mason Wags and I were huge Scott Prunovich fans, and
3: oh, I've been a huge Scott Prunovich fan for God the two years he's been with the organization now. Oh,
0: yeah, God. so good. That's exciting stuff. stuff. It is, and 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 the thing I like about Prunovich is the fact that you know even though he's left-handed shot, he played on the right side in college and he still earned a hobie baker playing on his offhand so he's going to have that versatility and we're not going to have to play the oh can he play on his right side or he can play wherever he can play
3: anywhere which is so valuable it's so valuable because then we can like overstock if there's like a left-handed or right-handed defenseman that we already have a surplus of but like this guy's good He can transition like that. That's what's so nice about it. And that's a skill that, you know, it used to be pretty prevalent, you know, in 80s, 90s hockey where players could switch handedness. It's not really a thing anymore. You know, players like that are so hard to find. And having Scott Peronovich do that and maybe for the playoffs, you know, switch to the hand he's more comfortable with or do. Like how many players genuinely can just decide, I'm going to play on the left this time around. Very few. And then still compete at an NHL level.
0: Exactly, exactly, and you know, and you know, it's it's been kind of sad this year just because you know. I mean, no offense to Steven Santini and and Mitch Reinke, uh or oh, even Nico. Big, or, or, big or offense or, to him. He stole my number. He's stealing my number. That <laughs> jerk. That absolute jerk. jerk. Who who does he think he is? What you think terrible. he's Blues
3: fan react? Nobody's Blues fan react. I am Blues fan react.
0: That's right. That is right. That is very clear. And, and of course, no offense, to Nico Mikola, who I still am very high on, oh, even I'm- though. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I would I often wonder where the blues would be this year or how Prunovich would have looked this year, you know, with with everything that was going on cuz I think he definitely would have had his chances. He definitely would have had his chances, but it's kind of and, and of course another, another another guy we can't complain about is Vince Dunn because he's not playing. So we can't complain about him this time. So we can we it, can skip no scapegoat. Uh, yeah, we can't
3: for scapegoat this episode.
0: Yeah, Zach Sanford's escape keep up. It's Sanford, it's not done. Dun will come sorry. back, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be back. But yeah, we we, we can take a break. You know, all, all you done haters, sorry, we can't we can't get that in. So <laughs> um, by the way, uh, Derek points out that our drought started when Schwartz was injured. Coincidence? Eh, it's possible. I think it's possible. I mean, again, forwards contribute more than just goals, you know, and 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 Schwartz is definitely a, a guy that contributes in, in, in so a lot of areas, and no. Zach Sanford is not a defensive forward, Derek. So you know, I'd also let's, point
1: let's, out that uh, with Thomas being out too, that's another another swoon that we saw. I mean, yeah. the team played well when he was in, and he went out with a with a quote unquote upper body injury, and then that's when they started on their losing streak. He and comes back they, and they start and playing well. Now he's back, and the Blues have won four or five, and they've yeah. got points in their last
0: five. I mean, he's. He's he's a spark when he's when he's healthy when he's confident he is an absolute spark and I'm 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 looking forward to seeing a healthy Robert Thomas and what he does in the playoffs because we saw
1: him in the 2019 playoffs he he was a contributor uh
0: you know he was he was a very good contributor uh in those playoffs and I think teams um, should
1: be really scared of that Thomas Kyrie Hoffman line because it's got speed skill and goal scoring ability uh, mm-hmm. that could be that could be the Blues secret weapon when it comes to the playoffs this year. That could be. That could be. That 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 is a that's a scary line
0: on on paper. Absolutely. Uh, finally, Tori Krug. Um, I feel you know we're almost at the end of his first full year with the Blues. He contributes uh, assists. Um, he's not a total sieve on his end. I mean that he he. I feel he's basically come as advertised, but a lot of fans are kind of getting onto him a little bit because he hasn't mm-hmm. scored any goals. Are, are, are you guys worried about that?
1: I'm, I'm not saying. Sh- I'll,
3: I'll go for it, wait. I, I was
1: just saying, I'm pretty sure we, we – d- this is a conversation we were having last year too, was it not, about another I, defenseman ju- uh, that was like on the a... loose, Justin Falk. Yeah. He yeah. he's, not, not, he's, he's, he's not Justin Falk, okay? not He's not, gu- not going to have the same no kind of good, rebound no. that Falk had this year. But I, I was telling my dad last time, I'm like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's – going to be here for his entire contract and he's going to be an elite defender and the blues fans are going to be like oh i'm so glad we got troy krug he does have a no trade clause he does but he doesn't have a no movement clause two different things Mm. uh they're different they're different but i'm just saying i'm willing to give him next year to see what he does because you got to remember it's not that he's just changing changing teams same thing with justin Falk; he's changing conferences Okay, mm-hmm. The Western Conference is wildly different than the East. The East is a little bit more wide open, a little bit more defensive, offensive friendly. The West is so heavy, so compact, and it's going to take a little while to get used to that. So I am of the mindset that I'm giving him next year. <clears throat> if he comes out next year and has the same type of season, I'd say the Blues shop him. But if he comes back, comes out next year and you know he gives us the 12 to 15 goals, he continues to give solid defense and he does quarterback the power play, which is why they brought him in. I'm okay with the next couple of years. Now, get into year four, maybe you'll look at trading him. But I'm willing to give him that year because of what we saw with Justin Falk this the last two years, and he hasn't been the guy that we are trying to run out of town like we were Falk last year. So mm-hmm. I think he's got a little bit more to give, and I'm willing to give him next year to see if that's possible.
0: I am too. I I'm not I'm not writing him off yet at all and and I no. don't think there's really is really is a reason to. Uh in fact, I'm going to go ahead and pop up for you right now here his current uh player card with uh Jay Fresh. Uh just just for uh uh yeah. just, for, just for just for comparison's sake. And this is a player right here. Um uh, let me go ahead and see if I can uh zoom in on this a little bit for you here for the uh, benefit of our video viewers i guess it's not gonna play a mike Wazowski again exactly but uh if you can if you can see on the screen uh in fact let me let me do this here real quick i'm going to just do a little bit of uh computer so while you do here. that i
3: am going to say that i think i i mean i'm i'm tory krug definitely hasn't been the tory krug we saw with boston you know, but like to to Wags's point, you know, he's he he's changing conferences, he's changing teams. It's a whole new atmosphere for him. I think next year he'll come out swinging. I really do. You know, I I think you know, like like you said, one goal. That's like he's on a maybe two goal pace. You know, in a this is from a player who we're used to seeing get pot nine, ten, eleven, twelve goals a season. You know, so. He is a contributor in the lineup, and like Tom said, you know he's not a sieve by any stretch. You know he's been actually pretty good defensively just through the eye test. I haven't, you know, like I said, that player card. I, I haven't really seen it, but you know, like I, I think he definitely is going to grow into this team, and I think you know I think fans are going to love him. I think he's going to, I, I think he might set career highs with this team. You know, I, I genuinely do. He's just he strikes me as that kind of a player who can really turn on the gas when he can, so
0: exactly and and his analytics here that now that it's finally popped up here shows that he's he he still rates very highly on offense he's very effective on the power play mm-hmm. um you know he's uh he plays uh quality of competition he plays you know the you know some of the best players you know in the game the team trusts him and if you look at his timeline you know over the past few years his wins above replacement and uh, his offensive and defensive numbers i mean his defense is maybe not as good as it's been and yeah his it's it's not looking very favorable for him, but offensively, he's actually, you know, having one of his better years. I mean, just in terms of play driving and, you know, coordinating the offense. So, guys, Tory Krug's fine. I think he's gonna be fine. Uh yeah. I don't think I don't think we have anything to uh to really worry about with him, I'm not so. worried about it. No way. I'm not, and I'm six not. and a
3: half, like for a player like Torrey Krug, we didn't bring him on to be, you know, the defensive whiz. We that's not why we brought him on. We brought it on because we wanted power play help and less than ten games we've sure have gotten that, haven't we? And yeah. we brought him on because he brings an offensive aspect to the blue line that the blues have utilized so well the last two years. So uh, he's gonna be fine all right yeah. like no not worth panicking over he's he's a good player for six and a half it's a good contract you know even if it's a 6.5 by seven,
0: seven. <laughs> seven.
3: yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, i'm not worried you know and you I, I, look, usually you players like that he's... usually
1: usually contracts like that i am worried but not what's working and, and you yeah. have to also look at the fact that you know plus minus is not like a great statistic as far as yeah determining defense but he, he has a plus eight this year and he's a top pairing defenseman so yes that's coupled with the forwards and uh, among other things but he hasn't been a plus defender since 2015-16 he also has 25 penalty minutes this year that's the lowest total of penalty minutes since 2014-15 so he's playing disciplined hockey he's playing smart hockey he has 28 assists this year so he's not it's not like he is wait. i mean he is Sixth on the Blues in points this year. So it's not like he's not producing. It's just inconsistently with what we're used to from him. I think he's changed his game around a little bit. And you have to also have to look at Mike Hoffman, too. We've talked in the past about he, how he's just been a sieve defensively. At least over the last couple of weeks, he's been very mindful of his defensive mm-hmm. responsibilities. He's back-checking. He's got excitement. Like, there's, Playing on a winning team changes you. And we're seeing that a little bit with the guys like Tory Krug and Mike Hoffman. Things that we don't normally associate with them, they're actually doing better than what you think. And maybe that's something that it just took this long to get to. Maybe. And maybe we're at a point now where everything's coming together and we might go on that run like we're thinking.
0: I'm sure there's going to be Ottawa and Florida fans. Wait, Florida has fans that uh, are listening or watching yeah, to the show afterwards and they're like, "Are you guys talking about a different Mike Hoffman because I'm convinced that Florida fans don't exist." I got that one. I I I'm conv- I, I'm totally convinced that any any fan you see inside that arena in in, in Miami is probably getting paid to be there. Or you a know, hologram. Like,
3: could be a hologram.
0: Could be that's right. No, Florida doesn't don't.
3: have that good of a technology.
2: <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. a lot. A lot of New York business, you know, goes down to uh, Miami. So good. I mean, you never know. You never know. Uh, and finally, here on this show, I got a question for our uh, listeners and uh, viewers here. Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Because Clem Shady is coming to America. Clem Costin himself. Oh, yes. Um, Jim Thomas of the Post Dispatch confirms that Costin will join the Blues on Tuesday. Uh, in theory, that would be time for the in time for the Blues' second game against Anaheim, and then more likely, probably the two games against Vegas. He'll at least be an option. Um, I'm personally looking forward to seeing more of him and less of Sanford, but we'll see if uh, Baruby actually does that. Um, with Avangard Omsk, who is, uh, by the way, the KHL's Gagarin Cup champions. By the way, oh so yeah, we're getting a player with championship pedigree. Costen uh, played 67 regular season and playoff games, scored 12 goals. 15 assists. He was a plus 11 and uh, 95 penalty minutes. Oh, because, yeah. Oh, because, yeah. <laughs> because, uh, like I said, do you like violence? Because Clem Coston is coming. Mason, what can we expect out of Clem Shady? You seem excited. Uh,
3: a fight right off the bat. Guarantee yeah. it. He's gonna fight somebody. He's gonna punch somebody and then he's going to score a game-winning goal. And then he's gonna he's gonna win the hearts of everyone. And I'm gonna buy a Klim in jersey and everything will be Sunshine and Rambles of the Blues <laughs> will win five Stanley
0: Cups, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> and he's gonna be the wow. heart and soul of the team that's okay and he's going to be the
3: captain and he is going to carry this team
0: to victory and glory and then we're gonna lose him in an inevitable expansion draft that's what's going to happen in fact in fact i'll go as far as saying he's gonna get a gordy howe hat trick in his in his first game he's gonna get a goal so? an assist and a fight i wouldn't be surprised let's do it let's do it uh wags you excited
1: about clem uh, clem shady Oh, very excited. Uh, I, mean, I remember a couple of seasons ago in the preseason where we thought he was going to make the team, and it was a game against Dallas, and he did pretty much exactly what you are explaining. He had a fight. I believe he had a goal, and I'm pretty sure he had an assist as well. So he, he showed that he could play in the NHL, albeit in a preseason game, and then being able to go over into Russia in one of the more wide-open kind of leagues, It's it's not as defensive-minded as you think it is, but to be out there and be a physical presence that also scored goals, it really he did round into a really good third line type of guy. And I think that's exactly where he profiles in. at. he could be, I'm not going to, I don't want to put that much pressure on it, but he could be the the Pat Maroon that we've been needing on this team. Big body can go to the front of the net, be physical, shield the puck with his body and score goals. So this might be a, a huge, huge blessing in disguise for the blues to have him coming in this late with the championship run. So he's got the championship feel. He knows what it takes to win and he's got that excitement level. Yeah, maybe he's celebrated a little bit too much. But maybe, maybe. But maybe he comes in and goes, Look, I, I I felt the excitement of what I it took to win a championship in my hometown. Now let me come in and maybe I win two championships in the span of four months. That could be a pretty good enticing thing for him as well. So I'm excited to see what he's able to bring here. I think he's gonna be with this team long term. And I'm real, I'm just real excited for Kostin. I've been following him for the last five or six years and have been waiting, waiting for him to make his appearance with the blues. Yeah, I well, Not
3: only are is are we excited, he's excited. Yeah, he has
1: flat out said, I am
3: excited to join. That's what you want. Because he wants, he's riding that championship high. He knows what it takes to win. Honestly, how many? Very few other teams in this league are going to be able to get a guy just before the playoffs who has won a freaking championship this year. Like literally, that like last month. You know, that's that's like a that last might week. be a commodity. <laughs> who knows how that
0: works? Yeah, exactly. And you know, you're so you, so you got you, you got a guy that's coming off of that. You have a guy that has played under Bob Hartley in in Omsk, a veteran NHL coach. Who I, I from what I've read was a really good influence on Costen, and maybe maybe that was the biggest benefit of the, of Costen going to Omsk at all was you know to get that veteran you know kind of tutelage, um, and it, it certainly showed because he turned Costen you know, got better as the season went on. Um, but you're also getting a guy that is total energy. I mean, the guy is, an he's like a bull in a china shop, you know, out on the ice. I mean, he is, um, he, he doesn't shy away from contact at all, maybe to a fault. As I said, he has 95 penalty minutes. And, you know, as, as Derek points out, he might, he might take two penalties and cost us the game. That, that You know, he's, he does kind of have a, I, I fear he's got a little bit of a double-edged sword, you know, nature to his game a little bit. Um, but I think he's, I, basically, I see him at this point being a better version of Kyle Clifford um, in a lot of ways. I mean, he's, he, he can move, he could score. I think he's going to score more than Clifford does. He's got that God, in his locker
3: 14 is what I can expect out of him
0: to be. There part, we go. And that you know, you know what, that'd be great. And, and as, and you know, and you, you made a good point, no other NHL team going into the playoffs right now is adding a player like Costin at the roster at this point, fresh off winning a Gagarin cup uh, energy guy. He he bangs. He's a heavy player. Um, he'll probably get you some dirty goals, you know, in front of the net, which is what the Blues need. I mean, I don't. I feel like like one point that was uh, made by uh, uh, I think it was uh, Derek uh, during our, uh, our our Krug chat here. We we're talking about Krug, and he mentioned isn't his ability to score dependent on how well our forwards screen and. I feel that is one thing the Blues have been kind of missing a little bit is you know saying they the, the Blues forwards haven't I feel they they haven't generated as much traffic in front of opposing goalies as you would like. Costin mm-hmm. um, is is traffic, you know. I mean, he is going to be uh, causing a lot of havoc in in the other team's zone, and I'm just I'm looking forward to him. I, he's not going to be a number one top line forward, okay? No, I don't I I don't think so. But let's keep in mind he was the last pick in the first round. I mean. If he ends up being just a middle six forward, great. That's, that's fine. Win. That's a pick. That's a dub. And especially considering the fact that you know we got the pl- we we got the pick and Sunquist for you know Ryan Reeves, who I mean we love Ryan Reeves, but I mean let's face it, he's not. I wouldn't trade Sunquist and cost for him right now. I mean that's kind of that's kind of silly. Um, so we're we're playing with house money here with Cost. Yeah. And I think I I think he, I think he is going to add a very fun element to this team. I can't wait to see him. And I can't wait for him to be a blue for for, for a long time. I think he's going to have a real chance, especially once they send Zach Stanford packing. I mean, that's going to be Kostin's spot for the taking, in my opinion. Um, surely, Stanford's not coming back this year. Surely, oh. surely. Um, so, but, but the the story with Kostin this year was kind of interesting because he was sent to Russia uh, when everything, everything was still kind of in flux with the pandemic. We didn't know if the minor leagues were even going to be a thing this year. So they sent him over to Russia for just the, the, the intent was for him to be there just a little bit, um, just to you know, get him some game time, get him some action. Mm-hmm. And then they had visa issues and, mm-hmm. you know, because because the pandemic was still being an absolute jerk. So uh, he stayed. And do you do you feel maybe Wags that was a blessing in
1: disguise for his development? Huge, huge blessing in disguise because he got to play a complete season when in familiar territory with guys that he wanted to play with and then they go out and they win a championship. So the fact that he didn't have to travel back and forth from the United States, and Russia have to quarantine multiple different times. And that's another thing we have to remember is there is going to be some sort of quarantine that he has to go through before he can actually play with the Blues. So he may not play this week. It just kind of depends on when he gets in here from Russia, what the quarantine looks like. And then he's already assigned to the taxi squad. So we'll have to see how that kind of plays out. Uh, But not having to deal with all of that, knowing that he's going to be playing consistently day in and day out. Uh, It it does. It gives him, it gave him a lot of confidence, I think. And I think it is a huge blessing in disguise. And once again, he won a championship. So now he's got that and he's going to come into this blues team and go, okay, I showed I could play there. Now I'm going to show I can play here because a lot of washed up NHLers go over to the KHL. Well, he beat up on all those. Now he's going to come over here and say, okay, I did that. Now I'm going to show you what I can actually do against real NHL players and really prove himself.
0: And he got to beat up on former Blue Dimitri Jaskin as well. So, True. who, by the way, I think has rekindled his career in the KHL. And I it think was an he year, wasn't he? he? Yeah, he. And, and and I think this year, I think this year he, I think he was one of their high, the, the league high, like maybe the highest score in the league. I mean, he was. He's probably going to be. A, he might come back to the NHL and be like a perennial thirty goal scorer, just to rub it in our faces. He um, although
1: that wraparound, uh, I guess. Uh,
0: yeah, I guess he did. Well, maybe maybe he has more room to work with in the KHL to make probably. those wraparounds happen. I don't think the KHL is nearly as physical as uh, the Blues. No. No. Not, even no. Not even close. Not even close. So, by the way, you you mentioned uh, Mason. You know the 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 Cairo, the, the Hoffman, the Thomas line. Uh, those three together, um, and I'm thinking about like who would who would you put Coston with on this team? I mean, ideally. Uh, where' does Costin play I'm gonna get a lot of I'm going get a lot of flack for this but a great
3: way to preface this but I, I I'd put him with O'Reilly and Peron if Ooh. I'm perfectly honest
0: that's what I I would like do. that I actually I like that I I like that a lot I, I, would, I and a I'm
3: lot of people see I, I brought that up with a, a few people in a group chat that I'm in and they're like no no because they, they they play three separate styles and I'm like do you like that that's the point.
0: Yeah, that's, right. That, that's how
3: great lines are constructed. Right, right. Because, I mean, you want you want a guy who can go up the middle and obviously, you know, hit and br- make some room and make plays when needed. So I think, you know, O'Reilly's going to bring that back-checking aspect. I'm not expecting that out of Clint Costin. He can do it, but I- I'm yeah. not expecting that out of him. Right. Uh, you got the, like, the guy who will go into the corners and make plays, that would be Costin. Mm-hmm. And then you got the perennial sniper, that is David Perron.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good combo. I think they I think they would complement each other very well. Um, as you said, I mean, as you said, Costin's going to be a hell of a four checker. I think, you know, just, you know, staying in the zone, uh, causing havoc in the corners, um, you know, maybe screening the goalie a little bit. I, I don't know if that's his game so much, but I mean, I think he's capable of it. Definitely. Yeah. He's got the size for it. He's got the moxie for it. Uh, I only worry about whether if you know a defender's on his back and like cross-checking him in the back a few times if Costin's gonna pull up. Um I don't know actually. I know he's I know he's like 200. let's see your Clem Costin. Uh how big are you?
1: Oh I'd be careful typing that in. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, he's six foot <laughs> three. He is 6'3". He, six six three. Three. Okay. Yeah. Six foot yeah,
3: probably two twenty, something.
0: Hockey hockey database lists him as six foot three, two hundred and twelve. Two twelve, yeah, okay. Yeah, Two twelve. So he he's got some beef on him, and and that's and that's that's a he's not like he, he's from what I've heard of him, he's like one of those like really low body fat percentage type guys. So he's just he's just a strong guy. Yeah. Um, I just worry about if he's going to get you know cross checked in the back and turn around and Hansen brother someone in the face, you know, and you know start you know start a <laughs> no, practice. It. Yeah, just start a whole
3: final destination that's, sequence that's part right of in the, front of the net. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but that's part of the fun with Kostin, though. Yeah. I mean, he's he is a throwback. He is, an, and, and, and trust me, Blues fans will. He he's got the quality of game, you know. That I think Blues, I think Blues fans will be really endeared to him once he gets going in the NHL. It's just it has taken a little little while to get him adjusted to the North American game, and of course, here we are asking him to do that in a week after you know coming after playing in the right. KHL. But I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. It's just he's not going to be a superstar, but he's going to be fine, I think.
1: And the big Uh, thing you have to remember, too, is we talk about putting him on the O'Reilly Perron line. People are like, oh, well, isn't that our top line? The Blues don't have a one, two, three, four line. They have four lines. So the the whole thing of, oh, you can't put him on the top line does not apply to the Blues because no line is truly the top line. Line. They spread out their offense. They spread out their capabilities throughout those four lines. So putting them on that line doesn't necessarily make him a top six forward. It just puts him on a line with guys that are in that grouping. So if if anybody's worried and they're hearing us talk, oh, he's a Kyle Clifford or he's a Pat Maroon. And then we're putting him on the top line. That's not what it's all about. They're just putting him with the line that makes the most sense. And Mm -hmm. I 100% agree. I think that's the perfect, the perfect spot for him.
0: And I think we'll need to actually see him in action to for us to like really of truly course. determine like where does he work I mean, because we haven't had a, a chance to see him a lot. I'm of a couple minds of him. I like the idea of Peron and 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 O'Reilly as a you know complement to those two styles. I mean he's a true power forward. I also kind of like the idea of pairing him on a line with Tarasenko, whoever he's matched up with, just as protection, maybe a little Tarasenko bit. Tarasenko, like, you
3: know. Barbashev, Kostin, the
0: Russian line. Uh, there we go. There we go. The it's a pretty uh, the, good the, one in Detroit. Yes, the, the the white russian line, I love it. I absolutely love it. And then of course, there's always a the possibility of, you know, maybe just throw him with uh uh, you know, Clifford and Barbashev and just have them be a wrecking crew. You know, as a third line. I mean, I and I think it's quite possible we see Kostin maybe in all three of those situations. You know, cuz you know, in addition to, you know, us figuring out, you know, what game he, he plays, ruby has got to figure out where he fits in too. So, uh, I think I will see him in a variety of situations. I think. By the way, one final thing with Kostin, there was a report uh, from the media outlet Champion AT, the of course state run media, of course Russia. You you got you got to trust it at all times. Oh, yeah. uh, that that suggested that Kostin actually wanted to stay in Russia. Uh, I call bullshit on that, don't you guys? I don't know. That Russian media
3: is pretty non-biased, and they're they're pretty oh, good. Oh yeah, down the middle, fair and accurate. Fair and accurate. They're very they're yeah. very straight. they straight arrow bunch of people. That Russian, those Russian media's are. They got five know. out
0: of five stars by Vladimir Putin. I
3: mean, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And see, any any media that is literally endorsed
0: by the government, it's gotta be good. It's gotta right? be right. Gotta, gotta, gotta be. Good. Yeah. You know? I, I I don't think I've ever seen any sort of report from, you know, out of, you know from Kostin that suggested that he thought the KHL was his future. I think he was kind of like Tarasenko and that he wants to prove himself in the NHL. So I fair to say Russian media, you still can't trust it. You still can't trust it. All righty, guys. Uh, anything, any final words, any final thoughts, Mason? Uh,
3: I'm still nervous. You know, I'm still. I mean, I I said I I am in on the playoffs, but now that I'm you know back in the spirit of okay, we can actually do the thing. What if they don't? What if they don't? That blues anxiety is right in the back of the head. I can't help but shaking it. I <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah, like I I think we're gonna finish the season strong. We're gonna go in the playoffs. So and We're gonna look okay.
0: But in but but, but. like unlike Mister Six by Six, you actually do look nervous. So I do look pretty. I am pretty mm. nervous. Yeah. Sure. By the way, Derek points out, Kostin has said that he did not like how he was treated in the KHL prior to joining the blues. So I,
1: I would take that over Russian media. Uh, Waggis, any final thoughts? No, I'm just kind of cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm really ready for the season to kind of wrap up, see what the blues finish up, how they finish up playing, how they look. Uh, see who that first round opponent is and and really just get ready for it. Because I, I, I think I think they could shock a lot of people. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe not uh, picked to go very far, but I wouldn't be shocked if this team goes on a run and gets people really excited for, for Blues hockey. I'm feeling more optimistic myself about that. I think it, it is.
0: Now I think it is possible, but at the same time, it's Blues hockey, and I'm also bracing mm-hmm. myself for the inevitable oh. disappointment that usually comes except for when they win the Stanley Cup. So yeah, That's what that Center is, Ice Brewery is for. Exactly. Thank you to Center Ice Brewery for uh soothing my uh coping my helping with my anxiety this very episode, as a matter of fact, with some old arena lager. Thank you very much for that. There we go. Uh thank you, DraftKings, as well. Thank you, Levy, for you know hooking me up with the nice stitching on my jersey and four others I had done last week. Thank you, nice. stimulus. Thank you, Biden stimulus. Um <laughs> And that's going to do it for this episode of Blue Notes. I want to thank you for listening and watching because without you, there is no me, there is no Wags, there is no Mason, and there is no Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump and Wags. Always play
1: to the whistle.
0: a boy. Good, good job. I'm, 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 good I'm, boy. So, I'm, so, I'm so glad we replaced you. Who's you know, good after boy? That, Who's good boy, Wags? Good boy. Good boy.
2: There right the, we go. There we go. (laughs) A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the Blues, Tom Calhoun. Jeremy Boyer, play us out.
0: Or listening to the hockey podcast network your home for hockey talk covering every team in the nhl new episodes every monday download at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from